guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week we are sponsored by Zest Plant Power, an amazing company making the most delicious plant-based pesto, paste, and pasta sauces. They're made using real ingredients that you don't need a science degree to understand. All their ingredients are gluten-free, dairy-free, and vegan, and you can find them in Morrison Supermarket and lots of great independent chains as well. I absolutely love their pasta sauces. I've genuinely been using them for years. My favorite is the tomato, basil, and oregano sauce, and they also do a really great fiery chili sauce, which Ash and I both love. That sounds delicious. I'm like on a breakfast sandwich kick at the moment I need to have one every single morning and I'm using Zest Vegan Pesto on every every breakfast sandwich combination at the moment and I highly recommend it it is to die for if you want to order your own pesto or pasta sauce you go to www.zestplantpower.com and use capitals forking 21 to give you 20% off your next order. You will not be disappointed. This brand is absolutely delicious. Like I said, it's been one of my favorites for a while. So please do check out their website and order your favorite pasta sauces, pestos and pastes. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Forking Wellness. I am personally so excited for this episode because I'm obsessed with skincare and skin health and we are very lucky to have Amna who is a doctor and dermatologist so she knows exactly what she's talking about when it comes to skin health so I'm expecting to learn a lot from this episode. Hi Amna, how are you? I'm good, how are you guys? First of all thank you so much for having me on your podcast, I'm really super excited um, and like you guys I'm obsessed with skincare so it's <laughs> going to be a fun chat talking about everything skin related. Yeah, awesome. Oh, I love that. So have you always been obsessed with, is that why you went down this route of medicine and dermatology? Like, were you fascinated in it from like a personal standpoint? Oh, I think a hundred percent. It's kind of weird because like, sometimes it doesn't feel like medicine, which was almost kind of the appeal of it as well. Like, don't just like cover skin, but we also deal with like hair and nails. And that's something that I've always been interested in and obsessed with myself. So definitely that played a role in wanting to pick basically a specialty that um, I enjoyed, but also had like, basically it's quite, it has quite a nice um, lifestyle. And for me as well, I was somebody who basically suffered from quite bad, like eczema for most of my life. So that was like another reason why I really wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. I think skin health as well, it's, it, it gives you so much confidence and I'm extremely lucky and I've never really suffered with acne or anything kind of, you know, any discomfort really when it comes to my skin, but I know that if I didn't, you know, if I did have, you know, something like eczema or acne, I I would really struggle if I'm completely honest, because I do feel like so much confidence come, you wear so much confidence with the type of skin you have. A hundred percent. And like, like, like you said, like even just talking about acne, like for myself, I've never suffered from acne, but like with wearing masks and stuff, like for the first time ever, I've got spots like on my chin. Mm. And I finally like, not that I don't understand what people who have skin problems like 
experience or feel like but it just affects you so much to have something on your face that other people can see yeah. um and it's definitely like something like uh, in, in our clinics we don't just talk about like how you can get it better but you do focus on like how it's affecting people's mood and that actually like sort of sways the way in which we might decide to treat a skin problem or how aggressively like would end up going with regards to like treatment and stuff and also like just giving people I guess support um with managing their skin conditions so that they can become more confident or feel more confident in their skin yeah I think that's so important I struggled to acne my entire life I think I went on my first retinol or retin-a when I was like 13 um like always like had so I went on Roaccutane we call it just Accutane in America when I was 22 so right when I finished university um for six months but before then I was on like topicals every topical that you could yeah. name like every oral antibiotic every everything um yeah and my skin like after Accutane was like so glowy for like six months it was like perfect I like literally yeah. have never felt better about myself in my life it like it affected my whole confidence like all growing yeah. up like I was just so self-conscious about my skin my entire life I would like I remember I used to like do like a really heavy eyeliner at one point because I was like it'll distract everyone from the pimple on my cheek like and that was like my yeah. rationale <laughs> um and now my acne has started to come back but it's like very hormonal like it, it yeah I like track my cycle using an app and it like it's very cyclical like my breakouts are like yeah. predicted by the day and they're all like just on the jaw do you see that as like women get older that like in their mid late 20s this hormonal acne like how, what do we do for it like how, how do we help it it's- yeah for, for sure and I think that a lot of people um sort of think about acne being something that like teenagers only suffer from but in clinic we've started seeing it more and more um, whether that's just because maybe people didn't want to or didn't go to like their GP or get referred to a dermatologist when they had spots because I feel like maybe like a couple of years ago um, maybe people didn't see like skin health as being as important or maybe they thought it was more of something which was a bit superficial and that it was a bit like overkill to go and see your doctor because you're getting a couple of spots as you're going into your 20s but we're definitely seeing like loads more young women coming in with like spots exactly like you said that are quite hormonal so like it usually links up with their cycle or if they've started the progesterone only pill let's say for example um or if they've got pregnant and like you said it is just related to hormones and normally it's sort of the management for that is not that dissimilar to like just general acne so like the kind of stuff that you spoke about with the topical retinoids and like salicylic acid benzoyl peroxide that all still has like a really important part to play in managing hormonal acne but then we also think about things that can actually help to like regulate the hormones in the body so things like um hormonal contraception but not the type that will give acne so like usually the combined pills generally quite good but then there's also other treatments which are actually like medications that are aimed at blood pressure but have a real benefit in helping to regulate hormone levels and I think there's definitely a lot more awareness for hormonal acne and actually we can still prescribe roaccutane for it as well which a lot of people aren't aware they might think that oh because it's hormonal roaccutane is only given if you've got really bad acne as a teenager but it's not true you can sort of give it really at any age even if you develop acne in like your 40s or your 50s because that's also another age that we tend to see hormonal acne when women 
start reaching the menopause um, or are going through the menopause, they might for the first time in their life start experiencing acne and just literally have like no idea why they're breaking out in in, in spots. And you can give um, Accutane or Raccutane then as well. That's, That's so interesting. interesting. We have, I mean, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I hope we can get through everything <laughs> in this ahead. episode. But, <laughs> go ahead, um, go ahead. In terms of the products that you're using, whether or not it be kind of, you know, a treatment for acne or oily skin or rosacea, you know, I know there's so many different products on the shelves. Um, is it best to pay the price or can we get what we need out of I don't want to name brands and like none of yeah. us are sponsored, but like a typical, I don't know, like a Nivea or a L'Oreal cream versus um, Clinique or something more expensive. I think definitely I would say that more expensive products do not, does not mean that you're getting a better product. You could That's probably find. Okay, good. Yeah. So I don't and need I to buy the La Mer face cream. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I, I've been there, done that. You definitely don't need to do it honestly you end up paying quite a lot for packaging and marketing Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because actually when you look at all the the major skincare brands and I won't name any specific ones but actually then a lot of them are owned by the same um company um without going into too many names so when you think actually of your biggest skincare brands the majority of them are actually in, in clumps or clusters and owned by the same company so they're developed in a, in quite a similar way um but the the marketing and sort of packaging actually influence quite a lot how much they they will sell for essentially but when you think about uh, I think I will name this one but when you think about the ordinary for example mm. it's actually a relatively cheap skincare option compared to you know some higher end products and actually they've got a lot of good skincare products which address like common skin concerns so if you've got acne or pigmentation and they've got some amazing products which are really reasonably priced so what I would say is don't think that buying expensive products is going to necessarily give you better skin but actually probably understanding what your skin issue is and then buying a product that can treat that is probably more beneficial yeah do you know what I find as well as when I have because I'm a sucker like I've brought expensive products in the past but they feel more luxurious on your face probably because of the scent or the texture I don't know but like you said probably from a point of view in regards to what it's actually doing for your face it's, it's probably not too dissimilar to the cheaper brand yeah and I think if you find something which is expensive but you really like it and it works for you uh, and you can afford to spend that money on it, then there's no reason why you can't carry on using it. Like, for example, for me, one of the moisturizers that I've been using probably forever, it's not the cheapest moisturizer, but I just feel like it suits my skin. Mm. And then I, I can accept that that's okay for me. But I think if you're somebody who's on a budget or you don't really have a lot of money to spend on skincare, you can still get great skin. You're not necessarily missing out in any way. That's, that's good. good to know. and the one thing I probably would say about a skincare product that I probably would splurge on would probably be vitamin c um because generally it's um it's quite an expensive product to formulate because they have to stabilize it Mm -hmm. if it's not in a stabilized enough form it can oxidize which makes it inactive essentially Mm -hmm. and basically useless um and I've actually done like a little reel on my Instagram page about like what you should look for when you're trying to choose a vitamin c product and actually when you when you factor out factor in all the things that you want to look for in a vitamin c 
the the options that you have are actually quite expensive but i think it's worthwhile um investing in a reasonably priced vitamin c if it's going to actually work for you oh my god so, i'm so paranoid about the vitamin c i'm using <laughs> so yeah wait tell i mean i think sophie and i know because we're like obsessed with skincare but why would someone need to use a vitamin c or um like what, yeah, and what how it... often yeah yeah. Okay. So I think you, you don't need, you don't need one, I would say, um, as part of your basic skincare routine. So if you didn't want to have it in your skincare routine, you don't need to. I would say it was like a an, an added extra if you if you could afford it and um you wanted to add onto a basic skincare routine. But essentially it's just it's an antioxidant. Um so it has quite a lot of good benefits. It's good for pigmentation, anti-aging. So for those purposes I would add it into a skincare routine but you don't actually need a vitamin c got it I feel like I don't know why so I got this in my head because I well pre-pandemic like I live in London and I commute and I take the tube and I was always like I need a vitamin c antioxidant because I'm in like an urban setting with lots of chemicals and um, poor air quality and I is that true or did I just lie to myself would that be a benefit? I mean, technically, so with it being an antioxidant, it's sort of meant to fight free radicals. So I, I, I guess potentially, but to be honest, what we know like from the research is what it's beneficial for is more sort of um, evening out your complexion, reducing pigmentation, and also having an additional benefit towards anti-aging purposes, essentially. So I think if you have one in your routine, that's great. Um, if you don't have one, it's not the end of the world, but it's something that, I mean, I only started using a vitamin C like maybe like two years ago. And before that, I didn't have one in my routine at all. And actually what I found with quite a few of the ones that I tried was that they were like, first of all, I got pilling, which was like when you knew when the product basically just, it goes into like clumps on the skin. Yeah. So I had that issue quite a lot. Um, and then secondly, like I felt like the, the what some of the ones that I tried made my skin quite like um, greasy. And I'm not someone who generally has greasy skin. I've got more of a dry skin type. So I found finding a, a vitamin C which actually worked for me was was quite hard work. But I do I do like using one, and now I use one every day. Are there any other serums that you would recommend using regularly in your skincare routine? I think if you are somebody who wants to go for an anti-aging product and you're sort of concerned about like fine lines and wrinkles or wanting to improve your skin tone and texture a good um option that doesn't necessarily have to be in a serum form but would be a retinol because it's got so many benefits and I know that you've probably seen online so many people talk about it and everyone knows mm. that dermatologists love retinols but it's with good reason because it's actually quite research backed um, they basically help to increase cell turnover, they stimulate collagen production and they reduce fine lines and wrinkles. So that's definitely a serum that I or, or a cream um, that I would incorporate into a skincare routine if you were worried about anti-aging. But also if you have pigmentation, I think it's a good um, option to add into your skincare. Am I yeah. right in thinking that you can't use it when you're pregnant? You can't use it when you're pregnant, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm really gutted about that. <laughs> yeah I have so I actually didn't know but I stopped using it I think around 16 weeks but I was only yeah. using it once a week up until then so I don't think I've done any damage but yeah I was no and, and you wouldn't have the thing is it's like it's it, the, 
the systemic absorption so how much actually goes into like your bloodstream from a topical product is is minute Mm. but obviously with pregnancy you have to be super cautious because you can never trial any skin product in someone who's pregnant it's just not ethical so better to just on the safe side but I you know I doubt any anything was done with one week (laughs) that's not um also another thing I use often is um niacinamide what what are your thoughts on that I love niacinamide oh good to know (laughs) um I think I I think it's become really popular um hasn't it like so much like discussion around it I I only discovered it like a year ago but now I'm obsessed with it I use it and I don't know why I use it I think I use it because I think I use it because I did yeah yeah (laughs) because I told you to um but I use it probably five times a week um because I like to alternate sometimes with the vitamin c sometimes with uh hyaluronic acid as well yeah um but it just I don't know I, I feel I really do feel like I get something else of it when I put it on my skin yeah. and I just you know put it on let it dry and then I put my moisturizer on top of it do you use it as a serum yes you do me down so like I, you do as well I think, I think a lot what a lot of people don't realize is that um niacinamide is in quite a few other skincare products so you don't necessarily need to buy a specific serum that contains niacinamide. You could probably find it in a moisturizer in quite a high concentration. That's interesting. Um, interesting. And one one tip that I would probably say for people who are listening is that when you look at when you're looking to buy a skincare product, it might sound excessive, but it's a good idea to have a look at the ingredients list because they're ordered in. Um, accordance to the, the concentration that they're present in in the product same food so, labels. yeah like a nutrition <laughs> label okay amazing so yeah exactly the same thing so you can actually find like if you see that you know glycerin or niacinamide is quite like in the first couple of ingredients it's probably got a really decent concentration oh, of that okay. in there and and quite a lot of moisturizers already contain niacinamide which can if you if you're somebody who doesn't want to have a skincare routine with too many steps you could probably combine your moisturizer uh, with your niacinamide step by just basically choosing a moisturizer, which has got a high concentration of niacinamide. But I found I really like it because I feel like it really helps um, like calm my skin and mm. also like hydrate my skin. And, and the other the reason why like um, I decided to incorporate niacinamide into my skincare was just because it was it's very research backed. And I know I keep I talk about research quite a lot, no, but good. I think because the, the, there's just so much skincare out there which people use kind of because they they're told or it yeah, just becomes trendy so or whatever, and it it's really confusing. And like it's so interesting because I I think I started looking more at like social media and skincare probably really only in the last six or twelve months. So it's just so interesting to see like how some things become so trendy without like really any evidence or backing to them like at all like for example like jade rollers and and all this other stuff which is like just quite like trendy and uh, and a bit gimmicky but actually there's no real benefit behind using it so 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 jade rollers yeah and the gua sha (laughs) is that what what about that I don't think you need them okay that's good to know because I I actually stopped using mine a while ago now because I just couldn't be bothered I was like I have the skincare routine that like you said I don't want to complicate I don't want too many steps 
So I just kind of do like a nice little massage with my fingers when I'm rubbing yeah. my skincare in instead. The thing is like, you know, with these things, they're not going to cause any damage to your skin, but yeah. they're not necessarily going to give you amazing results. And I think that's the problem with some of this skincare is that they really oversell and mm. under deliver. Like if yeah. you want to use the jade roller and you feel like, I mean, what I would say it's probably reasonable for is like if you're somebody who experiences like a lot of like facial swelling and puffiness let's say in the morning and you want to use a bit of a jade roller to just sort of calm down some puffiness then you know go ahead do you but it's not gonna give you like amazingly glowy skin and could you skip it from your skincare routine 100 percent? i'm really pleased i don't think you necessarily need that okay great And um, so one more serum, um, hyaluronic acid. How, what are your thoughts yes. on that? Oh, I yeah. love hyaluronic acid. Oh, I love yes. hyaluronic acid. And <laughs> um, I think the, <laughs> I think one of the things with it is, is some of the formulations can be quite sticky. I don't know whether you guys have found that. I have um, a really lovely one that literally feels like silk when I'm putting it on my skin. I've never used are it. Are you allowed to say which one you're using? Yeah, um, Evolve. It's an organic kind of vegan. Okay sustainable brand so I, I'm really happy about it um yeah. but yeah it like I said it literally just feels like silk on my skin yeah it's amazing and like and I have used sticky ones in the past that I've not <clears> been happy about <laughs> yeah because I, I recently well not recently actually I, I probably changed it like a couple of years ago now because the one I was using before was quite sticky but I think it's a really nice um extra step for a bit of mm-hmm. hydration in the skin and for me I I like using it actually especially on the days that I'm going to use a retinol and I want to have a bit of extra hydration in my skin. I'll usually apply that first, but I let it totally dry before I add my retinol because my skin type is just so dry and sensitive that I don't want to, because the retinols dry your skin out anyway. So you have to be Mm -hmm. super careful when you're using them. So I really like it on those days. Yeah. So I'm a a big fan. Amazing. I find that so interesting because like the whole different idea of like everyone has different skin types and I, I think my whole life I've always had like oily skin. Um, yeah. It's like very acne prone skin, but like very much, I guess that like combination that like yeah. T-zone kind of yeah. you know, typical thing. But I always like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't like using a lot of serums because I feel like they just like make me more shiny and things. But like, mm-hmm. I want all that added benefit of like the hydration. I want to be like have glowy dewy skin but it's also like that's yeah. not glowy dewy skin Barry that's like overproduction of oil like what do I yeah. do? <laughs> like how do I get the benefits of all these amazing serums without adding like all this unnecessary grease to my face yeah I mean I think there has to be like a balance because you don't need everything and what I would say is that I think like and I read it quite a lot like online but like even when I see patients where people really want to incorporate everything into their skincare but actually it's probably more detrimental to your skin and if you didn't do it you probably would have better skin if that makes sense so I think there has to be like a balance between actually what is your skin type what are your skin concerns and what do you actually need in your skincare as opposed to what do you want in your skincare because you've heard about it and you just you just mm. want it in your skincare so I think and, and I, what I would say is I think you brought up a really important point as as someone with um combination skin or acne prone skin people actually sometimes go the opposite way and they think that because they have acne they can't use a moisturizer 
because oh, I, no, think I love my moisturizer oh yeah because it's just such a it's really weird like I see and hear it so often like patients for acne they're really worried about using moisturizer because they think it's going to make their skin more acne prone but actually you can you can have acne but you can also have a dry skin type Mm -hmm. um and and because it's dry as well as acne prone you actually increase the amount of sebum production which can actually drive your acne and make it worse so you you can adjust like for example if you're uh, acne prone but once a moisturizer you just you we would go for a, a gel moisturizer rather than like a lotion or a cream which is uh, m- much better for that for that skin type if that makes sense yeah I should look at that I use like one of the the unsensitive like CeraVe moisturizers because I've literally CeraVe. been using that brand since like I was 12 like the dermatologist gave yeah, it to me he's amazing yeah yeah so yeah. he's amazing though I, I I honestly I don't have anything bad to say about any of their um products and actually we end up recommending them quite a lot to people with all different um skin types just because they are a product that a lot of people tend to tolerate quite well um and tend to work well for for a lot of people and even myself it is definitely in in, in my skincare routine it's definitely a, a great um brand I'd say Right. Yes. I, I love it's it. Not, not yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, although none of this is sponsored, <laughs> I actually find it really helpful when brands are named, and hopefully others will as well. If you could give like an example, I don't know how easy this will be for you to do, actually, because everyone's so different. But is there like a general skincare regime that we should be following day versus night? So similarities and differences between the two. So in general, I think if I if I talk about morning skincare routine, like absolute basics that mm-hmm. probably everybody should be doing okay. would be three steps, cleanse, moisturize, SPF. Okay. It's literally as simple as that in that <laughs> I, order. I do that. Um, I feel like I'm winning right now. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing that, you're doing amazingly. And like, honestly, that you could you could just do that for the rest of your life and you would be absolutely fine. If you want to add something extra to your morning skincare routine on top of that, I would recommend a vitamin C for the reasons that I spoke about before. Mm. And, and that would uh, go between your cleansing and your moisturizing steps. So you always apply the vitamin C before you apply your moisturizer. Okay. So cleanser, vitamin C, moisturizer, SPF. And Um, and then, sorry, just one question. Can you use micellar water as a cleanser? Absolutely. And I love micellar water. Great. I love it as well. (laughs) I just can't find anything else that I feel like does the job as well. Oh my God, me too. And like, (laughs) if I don't remove my makeup properly, it just, even though I'm not acne prone, it just affects my skin so much. Oh, I'm completely the same. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like, um, and it's different for everyone, but I like an oil-based micellar water because I feel like it really dissolves through like my um, base makeup, but also like my eye makeup. So yeah, micellar mm-hmm. water, love it. Um, nighttime routine. Okay, so should we touch on the double cleanse versus single cleanse? I, yeah, I think a lot of people. So yeah. happy you asked about that. Do I have to double? <laughs> and what is, is it double cleanse just like using the same product twice so usually it's like I mean everyone double cleanses slightly differently so you can double cleanse by using like two different actual like cleansing products so you maybe you want to use like a cleansing balm followed by like a face wash or you want to use like a micellar water fast then followed by like a cleansing face face wash that would be like an example of like a double cleanse 
um, rather than actually washing your face twice. So usually one is like sort of like oil-based or micellar water-based. And then the second one is like a, like a face wash, basically. And um, my thoughts on double cleansing, for me personally, or just in general, what I would say is that double cleansing is not necessary. You don't have to. But I think if you're wearing makeup, um, I think double cleansing is a good idea because I think and for myself I don't know what you find with micellar water like even if I use micellar water if I probably still have a little bit of residue of makeup left and then I feel like that second cleanse is what helps me get rid of that yeah. little bit which is left but if I wasn't wearing makeup I think a single cleanse would be like absolutely fine I agree okay um, and in the morning yeah and in the morning depending on what my skin is feeling like if my skin feels quite dry I would just wash my face with just plain water I love doing um, that as well especially yeah. in the summer when you get up and it's yeah. a bit hot already and you just like splash cold water on your face which is just like so totally fine I think people feel like they have to but you you don't have to like plain water is absolutely fine yeah. like I you just I would never think to do that as well I would oh never God, I love it oh it's I feel the like... most refreshing feeling yeah. Oh my god, I would never I always have to use like I feel like it wouldn't wash like I don't know, maybe I wake up more oily though. Like if I'm like sweating. But I, think, I think that's but I think that's fine though. Like I think if you wake up and you feel like you need to use a cleanser, yeah, like I need to cleanser. wash my face. Yeah. But if you I, I guess I guess it's just basically that you don't have to. So like listen yeah, to your yeah. skin. If you feel like you don't need to and you're fine with just just some warm water, as long as it's mm. not hot water, because hot water dries your skin out more. Oh, like that's totally fine. I use really hot water. Okay. I, <laughs> I have this thing about water. Oh. Sophie knows like my showers, like I even brush my teeth with hot water, which like I've oh, also really? just found out that that's not normal. Oh, um, that's so weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I just like don't like anything cold. Um, but yeah, no, I think I need to start watching and then I have once had like an esthetician tell me this is the craziest thing in the world um that I need to wash my face and then I need to take go to the kitchen and get ice cubes and do an ice massage with my face um to help and then they said it should be really really cold and then when I take the ice off it gets like a rush of hot and that's all the um fresh oxygen going to my cells and then I literally Mm -hmm. did this I kid you not I did this for like six months and my mom, I was like younger. My mom would get so mad at me because I'd like run to the kitchen, grab ice yeah. cubes and like run up the stairs and they'd like drip everywhere. <laughs> She's like, can you stop running around with ice cubes? Like it's not working. <laughs> yeah, people are obsessed with ice cubes and icing their face. Like guys, we don't need to ice our faces. We <laughs> really good. don't. That's good to know. Sorry, just if, uh, for the night care routine micellar water again or cleanse in the evening and then what should follow that um so once you've cleansed um and we spoke about like single versus double cleansing depending Mm -hmm. on whether you're wearing makeup or not wearing makeup then okay so this bit it it varies between what you want to do like for example for me um some days of the week I like to use a chemical exfoliant so like your options for chemical exfoliants, things like glycolic acid, lactic acid, salicylic acid. Um, and basically chemical exfoliants are a lot better for your skin than using a physical exfoliant, which is like, for example, um, you know, when you can get like those cleansers, which have got like those gritty bits in it. Yeah, the little beads. Yeah. So they're like the little beads. We generally would recommend not using those because they can actually cause like actual abrasions to your skin. 
which yeah, can then up, actually accelerate yeah you can actually accelerate um aging and cause pigmentation and, and all of that it's basically not great for you so if you want to use a chemical exfoliant which i think is a good idea for sort of skin brightening and increasing um cell turnover i wouldn't use that on the same day as using a retinol unless you are someone who is very very used to a retinol and doesn't have very sensitive skin so usually if you're not going to use a retinol then your first step would probably be your chemical exfoliant. So I'd say either or, but probably not both. Um, so yeah, after cleansing, either use a retinol or use a chemical exfoliant, I would say. I think if you want to add hyaluronic acids into your routine, I would probably add it before your retinol or your, glycol or your um, uh, chemical exfoliant. And then after that, I would say moisturiser, and then that's really it. And you probably noticed yeah. that I haven't really spoken about eye cream at all because I, I gave off on eye cream a while ago, actually. Did yeah, same. I, I, I think like, I'm not against eye cream. Um, I think if you've got a specific reason to use it, like let's say, for example, you, you know, you've got pigmentation underneath your eyes or you're really worried about like wrinkles and stuff, like you can buy specific eye creams, but actually it's... I don't really think you need them like for me I normally take my skincare quite close up to my eyes mm. and if I'm using a retinol I would be quite careful in the sense that I would probably take my retinol quite close up to my eye but I would have put moisturizer there first or sometimes a bit of Vaseline because that basically acts as a barrier and it means that you'll probably you'll get less retinol into that area so therefore you won't get irritation around your eyes because the skin's a lot thinner and it's more sensitive Mm. so you could probably get away with using your normal skincare routine around your eyes and not have to actually pay more for an, an eye product essentially Amazing. I don't think they're totally necessary that's really good to know that is really good to know and I know we're like running out of time and we could talk to you for hours and we probably oh will God. have you on for like, part two when it comes yeah, to like we will 100% and I am literally debating to book an appointment with you after this as well <laughs> so am I so am I sorry Oscar's scratching he's really itchy I'm sorry if you hear my dog in the background but so am I I've like had that on the back of my mind this whole time but the thing that I just wanted to conclude the episode with was um in relation to like food and the things that we eat or hydration or just like bring it back to nutrition just like slightly yeah um are there any foods that you know are bad for the skin or you know we I mean there's a million fad diets behind yeah there's foods, a million yeah. fad diets saying you know cut out this yeah. cut out that especially for acne like I've been on I've, I've seen it all um but yeah. like in terms of like food and nutrients what are the what are the things that really support skin health yeah I think first things first probably just to clarify is that no foods can cause a certain skin problem so like eating chocolate or carbs or whatever is not going to cause you ac acne or, or give you acne. But in someone who's got acne prone skin, they might notice that they develop more spots. So there is actually like some evidence and research to suggest that things which basically have a high GI index um, and, and some types of chocolates uh, and even some dairy products might make acne worse in people who suffer from acne. Um, but the evidence and the research behind it is still, it's not totally conclusive, but it basically, it suggests it. 
So normally in clinic, we don't actually say to people who've got like acne, let's say, for example, oh, you should cut out X, Y, and Z from your diet. But I think that if people find that they, if they avoid those foods, it's good for their acne, then for sure they can carry on um, uh, doing that is what I would say. Um, I think from the water side of things, it's interesting because I think I did a post, uh, I did a post about this or read about this recently, looking at the research about water and sort of skin health, actually drinking more water than like the required necessary sort of like two litres a day actually doesn't have that much extra benefit um, to the skin. Yeah, which was interesting. Actually, probably what's more beneficial for the skin is sleep. Oh, amazing. Yeah, which has been like... um, yeah major for me I think because I'm one of these people that I just always get like a second wave like it gets <laughs> like 10 o'clock and then all of a sudden I have like a second wave and I want to just like end up staying up till like midnight when I have to be up like early the next day but after like reading through all of that research I've, I've been trying so hard now to try to make sure that I go to bed on time and get like mm. a reasonable amount of sleep because it's so important um you know with regards to like skin renewal and sort of balancing mm. other hormones in your body which actually really do make a big difference in in the way that you, your skin like and looks so yeah I would say sleep is super important beauty sleep is real basically <laughs> not a myth it is real I love that it is though. Really and you know in the last podcast we recorded and in the, one of the next podcasts we are recording is about sleep health um and the impact on our overall health and I feel like it just kind of like brings it full circle like we always talk about on this podcast there's no one thing that's going to make you healthy or no one thing yeah. is going to like you know wellness looks so different on everyone it's like what the pork is wellness like it it's a combination of everything that you do in your daily routine. And I feel like skin is just another thing that that is represented in. Like we can do the daily things to help support us, but are you sleeping enough? Are you stressed? Are you, you know, eating fruits and vegetables, you know, all the stuff. It, it really is just like a holistic view of every aspect of, you know, nutrition, skin health, et cetera. A hundred percent. Totally agree. Amazing. Thank you so much. (laughs) We could talk to you for hours. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I could just fire so many questions at you, but I've learned so much and I cannot wait to re-listen to this episode and make my notes. Well, it sounds like you, you have everything down from what Thank you're saying you. <laughs> that's really good no, to I need to go back I need to go back and look at my moisturizer to see if it has niacinamide in it. But seriously, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Anna. Where can everyone find you? I know you do so much education kind of content on Instagram. Where can everyone keep up with that? Um, so my Instagram page is dermatology.doctor. Um, and I've got a TikTok, but I'm quite intermittent on my TikTok. Because it's quite, it's, I don't know how you guys do this alongside a full-time job. It's like a lot of work trying to do. It's it time more. consuming. It is, <laughs> it takes commitment but it does take commitment but yeah so instagram and then i've got um tiktok and it's the same um username which is dermatology.doctor and if someone wanted to book an appointment with you how would they go about doing that asking for a friend so (laughs) so actually at the moment i don't do um private consultations i only work for the nhs ah okay but um, I try um, to do regular Q&A sessions 
um, on my Instagram. So just three stories, but get literally get so many questions, which are amazing, imagine. great questions, and so so relevant. But it's really hard to actually answer all of them, yeah. and especially I think for people who are reading them as well, without it getting too boring, because literally hundreds of questions. But I'm trying to do that like on a weekly basis, um, and that's like a really really good way for like people who've got like common questions that other people also have to try to address them at once so that's probably the best way to um ask me questions about skincare awesome well I really hope we can book you in for a part two um to that speak would be more super about... fun I would for sure come back amazing it's been a okay. lot of fun yeah that okay that makes me happy um because <laughs> I was just saying to Barry I'd love to talk about Botox and fillers and that kind of like yeah. side of anti-aging so for anyone who's found this episode interesting and is interested in anti-aging skincare um well you heard it here we're getting you back <laughs> on for another episode verbal verbal um, contract yeah but yeah that honestly thank you so so much this has been amazing Thank you guys for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. And share with your friends if you love this episode. It really does help us get seen in the chart. You can now also order our Forking Wellness book anywhere books are sold. Order it on Amazon Prime for next day delivery. And Barnes & Noble in America. And if you love the book, we would so appreciate a review on Amazon. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.